Welcome to Philadelphia, everyone. My name is CJ Reynolds, and I run this here YouTube channel called Real Rap with Reynolds. And we had a leak in my office, and so now I don't. I'm in my bedroom, but uh, you know, it's not the most exciting place for everyone say to see. <laughs> I know some of you out there know what I'm talking about. When your bedroom is supposed to be a layer of comfort, and it really just becomes like a bunch of your like folded clean laundry all over the place, half done projects, <laughs> <clears throat> and I don't know stuff there's a mannequin in the corner uh that's another story for another day but so right now i just picked different backgrounds and right now we are in philadelphia and i'll tell you um it cuts off half your head Streamyard does not have anything on zoom look at this i feel like this is like 1980s technology <laughs> like when i did that video in the mall i did that the it wasn't in the mall. i was in nashville tennessee oh sorry my, my brother and sister and i recorded a video for Whatever the Bob Seger song that was oh, the theme song. I've, I've seen it. To, People would love to see it. To what was the movie? Oh, I don't know. Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, 2. that's right. <laughs> that's man. If you if you're new, they're like, welcome. You just came in on on the hot end. So um, I also just worth mentioning. So I've been I've been experimenting with intermittent fasting, right? So I'm trying to fast for at least 14 hours every day. So when from by the time I'm done eating the night before, I don't eat again the next day until I've uh, fasted for 14 hours. Well, today, uh, yesterday, my daughter broke her phone. So we went to the Apple store today. We thought it was like a 30, I thought it was like 30 minutes would be there. Oh, we were there for three hours. So I went 17 hours on my fast. Um, and I just ate before this. So the energy, I feel it. It's like coming back. It's like, I just, uh, I don't know, like I'm, like I'm, tiny mario it's like you're like, recharging yeah like tiny mario and i just ate uh, yeah i might i'm not in the yellow anymore i'm mm -hmm. in or the red i'm in like the i just popped back on the green so we're getting there um <clears throat> so look the, the idea here if you've not been here before which i like saying because i don't really know who's new um is that we are trying to we this community the folks in the comment section and i are creating a safe space every sunday for people to pop on to share what they're going through what they're thinking what they're feeling what they have an issue with and we are trying to help you to get ready to go back into school tomorrow and feel more empowered than you would have otherwise, right? And so we do this every single Sunday. It's completely free. If you have friends that uh, you know need a hand, please uh, let them know that we're doing this. Um, this costs nothing. The only thing that this, here's my new thing. The only thing that we would ask is that if you're not subscribed to the channel, subscribe. And if you can hit the like button, it just pushes us out there in the algorithm and lets more teachers know about the work that we're doing here so that if they need it, it's going to pop up on their radar as well. So with that, um, we're going to take any questions. If you have a question, just put the word question in front of it or the letter Q and that'll be it. But man, this is like, uh, I heard somebody say the other day, this year, this time in education. I'm listening to myself. You can hit the... I'm trying. I'm trying. There we go. There we go. So the um is like, what did Sean Woodley say? He said it's like the fourth quarter of education, or like you just rounded third base. Mm. Um, and I thought that was a good one. If y'all don't follow Sean Woodley, he's uh Teach Hustle Inspire. He's great, dude. Like on on his camera and like just in the world doing what he does is is he's a thorough guy um so yeah so we got a question you want to start with that hit me john fox is up first 
uh, asking if your school required that you give homework and have a separate homework grade, then A, what kind of homework would you give? And B, how would you grade it? Well, John, I would find a way around doing this because I don't believe in homework. Um, and so, <laughs> so it's not that I don't believe in homework. I think it kind of depends on your school, right? So like my homework policy was based on where I taught. And so when my students and I've taught, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago in like a, in a mini PD that I did. Um, I forget what it was called, but basically my school day started at 8.05 and until like before COVID, we were there till mandatory till 5 p.m. with a 22 minute lunch and no recess, no breaks. They had study hall, but that was like you had to do work while you were there. So there's like literally no break for young people from eight to five. Teachers had a break. Teachers had preps. Teachers had like there, there were those moments. Teachers had a longer lunch. We had a 40, 50 minute lunch, something like that. So with those parameters, I'm not going to give homework because then a lot of my students take an hour to two hours. Not all of them. Some of them take five minutes. They live right across the street. Some students had to commute two hours. So if you're getting on a bus at six in the morning and you're not getting home till seven at night at best, um, and that's saying that you're not playing a sport, then I that's why I chose not to give homework. So I've been put in this situation before. What I do instead is I count part of the work that we're doing in class as classwork. I count part of the work that we're doing in class as homework. And if you do not finish it, you can finish it for homework or during study hall, you have the option. But I also had a, a caveat in there where kids could be a part of something that I learned from one of my mentors called the Lack of Procrastination Club. I've rarely talked about this because I don't do it anymore. Lack of Procrastination Club, you had to write a letter by a certain date to become a part of it. You only had one chance per quarter to be a part of it. So if you procrastinate, you didn't write the letter, you didn't get in. Lack of procrastination club. If you handed in homework before the end of the day, you got a bump in your grade, right? As like a, you did it, a, you really focused, you really got it done. Um, and not just in my class, it could be during study hall as well. As long as it was done before you left that day, then you got a bump in your homework grade. So that's kind of how I would run that, um, that, or that's how I did it. Now, look, I, I say this also, this is worth the caveat of like, I don't know what your school is like. I don't know what the parameters are like. I don't know what your union is like. And so I don't want anyone to get in trouble. But I think that sometimes rules are just rules for no good reason. My school had a lot of rules just so we could say we had rules and we could say we held kids to this high standard. And we have we use something that I refer to as fake rigor, um, which is like acting like it's rigorous. But it's kind of like a really strong guy lifting up um, a barbell where the weights were filled with air or something. And it's like, this looks really bad and intense. And it's like, for what? Like it's, it's for no reason. So that's kind of how I did it. But again, education is only ever about the students. If it's not truly benefiting students and if students aren't having enough time in the evening to bounce back, to have that cognitive break, to spend time with family, spend time with friends, which is most important in their lives anyway, it's like, we got, we're going to have to figure out some things to help them do that. I love the lack of the, what did you call it? Lack of progress procrastination club. yeah i think that's great and i'm a procrastinator but i would have done that because anything for a bump in your grade when you're was the lpc is the easy one on the streets that's what we called it mm. the LPC. <laughs> all right mr boland is up next asking any recommendations for outdoor sweating and outdoor shed uh also any recommendations for other education podcasts mr boland um i don't i love this question um and so outdoor sweating 
Um, I am. I don't know what that even means. I, I'm going to take it how I am. Okay, sweating yeah. outside, right? Like, right. <laughs> um, I love sweating. My rest of my family hates it. Uh, so, like, all of the three oh, people seating. that I live with. <laughs> you just heard it in the comment seating. Well, guess what? Mr. Bowen first, you're going to hear about outdoor sweating now. Um, <laughs> so, so. <laughs> and all of our preferences. I love running. And <laughs> I am going to, I was going to go today. It might go tomorrow. Um, to this, it's not necessarily a country club because I don't, you know, I don't know if I pick up on my vibe. I don't know how much of a country club guy I am, but uh, I'm looking for a gym that has a sauna. So, you know, because I want to sweat. They say if you do sauna 47 four times a week, it lowers your chances of cardiovascular disease by 75 percent, I think maybe 50 percent, but but at least I mean, that's still still preposterous. So, yeah. Um, and what about the outdoor shed? Was that really? I don't know. I have outdoor Mr. Boland, are you asking us about outdoor sheds? I have, outdoor, I have a wood shop in my backyard. Seating. It is 99 square feet, which is pretty small, <laughs> but 100 square feet is, this is the Reynolds way, 100 square feet, I was going to have to get a permit. So I made that thing one square foot smaller, so I didn't have to get a permit for it. Because <laughs> um, those are other rules that are, seem nonsensical. Um, outdoor seating is tricky, right? I think no matter where you go, it's going to be different. So you're going to deal with certain behaviors no matter where you go. I try and set the stage, set the, I, I did this um, in a video recently. I think it was called, oh snap. It was one of my Monday morning PDs. Are you pulling out my videos? Mm -hmm. um, it was, oh gosh, I don't remember. To go check so them out. So much content. Um, it, it, mm -hmm. Those I forget because they're like 20 minutes long and I talk about so much stuff and I really try and cram it in in those videos. Um, but what I talked about was like some classes are going to be able to do this and some classes aren't going to be able to do this. Um, I think it was, oh, never mind. Um, so some classes will be able to do it, but like it's still, it's a distraction, right? There's birds, there's bees, there's grass, where there's, you know, it's, there's space. So before I even think about outdoor seating, I try to think about what classes are going to work. If it doesn't work for a class, the bottom line, I think this is actually the last video that I just put out. Um, the, the bottom line is that what we're trying to do is what's best for kids. And so if something's not working for the betterment of a student's education, then I don't do it. So some kids can handle leaving the classroom, going outside, having a guest come speak. There's all these different layers, certain levels of projects, certain tools and projects. Some kids can handle exacto knives and and things of that nature. And other students, I'm not so sure this is a good idea to put this sharp uh, like instrument in your hand. Um, so I try to shift that. And 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 so it's not about you know the, the thing. Real quick before I talk the next part about this outdoor seating pieces, this isn't about lecturing kids. It's not about telling kids what you can't handle and you guys can't handle this. That's why we're not going to do it. Like I've had those teachers before. I've been that teacher before. This is more about looking about what's going to work. What's going to help you. What's going to make class engaging. What's going to make school fun. And because when we're having fun, we tend to learn a lot more easily. That's why, you know, I could still remember conjunction, junction, what's your function, hooking up words and phrases and clauses. They made it fun. Right. And so it's, it's, but for some students, that's too much for some students. They need, um, they need to be, it, it's, they've, they've grown accustomed to the classroom, to the quiet, to the directions. And so that's what kids need. So that being said, 
Um, I go all kinds of places. I think that's really fun if your school has steps anywhere. They can kind of act like bleachers. Bleachers work really well. Under bleachers are well. Kids like anything that is kind of like feels fort-ish. And so um, my one of my good friends, Jill Pulford, Jill Pulford is um, has she teaches in Colorado, opens up the back door of her classroom and there's like woods there. They have like circles of logs and stuff. The kids can sit. Dude, it's that's amazing. It is. And you know what I love about it? It's what school should be. Yeah. So I can't even get jealous because I'm like, no, nah, I think every school like wouldn't it be awesome if every school had that. Absolutely. So it's figuring out that thing. The other thing is how much does your lesson lend to it, right? And what does your lesson need? So one time we went outside, we reenacted, it was the scene where, spoiler alert, Piggy gets killed at the end of uh, of Lord of the Flies. And so we had some boys up on a hill, some kids down below, they were throwing rocks at Piggy and Ralph, and which were just paper balls. And um, so it was like, that lent itself to that. So it's kind of trying to look around your school and saying like, does anything look like where we're reading? Or- What's going to help kids kind of have the joy of being outside without being too overwhelmed with like people? Like I never went in the front of my school, really, because there's people constantly walking on the street and I didn't want that distraction. It's thinking about some of those parameters as well, but it's worth trying. And it's worth trying a couple of times to see if it really works or if um, if kids can get more and more dialed in so that they're getting work done. But I think it's a great idea. And, and, um, and you know, if you go out there on hot days, Mr. Boland, you will also get outdoor sweating as well. So, which is good. Um, yes. Okay. Our next question is coming from Michael Wilson. It's for his on behalf of his wife. He's asking this question. He said, "My wife has a question. She's a new high school teacher. How do you get high school kids' attention without yelling, hey or shh, or waterfall, waterfall, waterfall?'" Uh, I, what's the waterfall? I don't. Though? I don't know. Maybe he's just saying something weird. Um, kind of. That's kind of cracks me up. Um, so I think. I get attention. I think it's doing the same thing all the time. And it's finding something that you do that works. I used to do, one of my mentor teachers coming up used to do, that's okay, I'll wait. And he would just wait. And the, and the kids did it. They were like, oh, snap. Oh, okay. They would pay attention. I told them I would wait. And they were like, oh, good. And then just kept talking like, he's just going to wait anyway. Then I would get so aggravated that I'd be like, all right, be quiet, everybody. Um, I don't like doing that. I don't like giving away. I don't like kids dictating whether or not I'm mad or happy or joyful. And so, although that happens, I don't like at least letting them know. So for me, um, I thought this was corny, but my friend, I had a guy that I worked with that was uh, Nicholas Pascal, one of the greatest, greatest, I mean, talk about classroom leadership. I mean, top, top level. He once had to teach like 50 to 60 seniors in our dining hall, which is like an old school cafeteria, right? On a three foot stage with no microphone, bro. Just like he was the, like the kid whisperer in a non creepy way. It was, it was awesome. So he used to do it like this. He would just say, all right, y'all, I need your attention in five, four, three. Then he would go silent. All right. And if they weren't quite a good, like, I'm going to try that one more time, y'all. And, and it was like, it was like when he would say, I need, I'm going to say it one more time, y'all. He didn't say it like, I'm going to do that one more time. All right. It was more of a, all right, I'm going to do that one more time. Cause he almost like, maybe you didn't hear me. Maybe you're finishing up your conversation. Maybe you needed a moment. Count it down from five again. 
And if someone wasn't doing it, it was, I'm going to look dead in your eye. Gaddafi, could you please stop talking? I'm, I'm talking now. Thank you very much. Or could you turn your attention to me for a moment? I need to give directions and I don't want you to miss it. It's that move of, this isn't a power struggle. I'm, I'm, I am assuming you came to learn. I'm going to remind you that we're about to start learning. Then if you're not doing, I'm going to look you dead in your eye and let you know what I need, but not like, where should your eyes be? Where should your attention be? What are you doing right now? It's not, that leads to kids pushing back. It's simply, I just prefer to act like you didn't know. So I'm going to ask you, could you please turn around? Um, I'm about to give directions and I want you to do well. And I don't want you to miss directions. You know what I'm saying? No kid, what's some kid going to go? I wasn't even doing anything. I wasn't even talking. They're going to go, my bad Reynolds, uh, to which I always say, uh, I know it is. And no one ever says anything back. And I just think that that's hilarious. So I really just do it for me. But that has been my number one way of getting students attention over time. Every once in a while, it's like someone's still talking and I'll tell a kid that I is like a, like a, like a kid that I'm tight with, like Jordan, can you tell Tim turn around? Thanks, man. Um, yo, can you guys in the back, yo, listen up or walk over to where they are. Can you guys just focus on me for a moment or, or not? Can you, I need you to focus on me for a minute. Cause I don't want to ask the question gives them the choice. Can you, uh, focus on me for a moment? Cause we're about to give directions or we're about to do this, or I want to make sure that you know what's going on next, or I need your attention on me for 20 seconds so I can give directions. And then it's making sure I stay somewhere within that 20 second range because I don't want to talk too much, but that has been, I've been, I found success with that for years now. So apparently the waterfall is like a method. You say waterfall, 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 as your hands are going down and you're saying, shh. If you can get, a, if that <laughs> were, look, I, 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 some of these things, I've seen a million different versions of something like that. And a lot of them seem very silly to me, but that's, that's me. I, if, if it works, if you can get kids, if you can, here's my new one that I thought of just today. I was sitting downstairs with my family um, and I said, man, if I would love to just go say, this is the way. And then all the kids have to say, this is the way from Mandalorian. <laughs> and just like, that would be like how I would get kids to pay attention. No, that's, this is the way. You didn't just think of that. You actually told us all to do that. And then oh, no, I said, we did it. Oh, I said, this is what I want to do in the house anymore. If, if someone ever says something and it's like, they just dropped the mic, they just go, this is the way. And then the rest, everyone, the rest of our family has to say, this is the way. So <laughs> whatever works is what works. So I felt very silly about doing the five, four, three, two, one. But here's the thing. It's, Here's the question I have to ask myself constantly about certain things. Do I want to be cool or do I want it to work? Do I want it to be authentic to me or do I want it to work? So this, when you ask yourself those questions, sometimes when someone tells you how they do something, it's like, man, if that really works. And as long as it's not a, it's not a stretch for my values, then it's like, man, I, I'll give it a shot. If it's, if I go from, from kids being all loud and nuts to like kids being quiet and I have to like balk like a chicken, I'll, I'll do it. I, I'm, I'm like, at this point, I'm like, no, I, cause I want kids to win so much that I'm willing to do this. That's how I kind of think of it now. So yeah. Um, or too cool for middle school. My friend Megan on, on YouTube uses a doorbell. She has a wireless doorbell in her room and it seems to work like a charm. Mm -hmm. All right. James is up next. Uh, asking, how do you feel about reading in class? I want to folk. I want to focus it more on the materials we are using. My lead is still pushing purely independent choice, which so far has a lot of kids not doing it. 
would you favor using class time for the independent choice despite it feeling wasted or am I right in wanting to utilize it to get more from my class? So I think James, the question here is like, what is, what's the goal? So is the, if the goal is to get more done with what you're doing in class, to get kids further with what you're doing in class that, you know, cause reading aloud really takes a lot of time and reading in groups can take a lot of time as well. Reading quietly. Uh, I know for myself, I am horrible. It's not just good practice that my wife reads these questions out loud. And so we can both share in this activity. It's because I'm terrible at reading aloud. Uh, I, I mess up all the time. My eyes get ahead of myself. I don't know what my deal is necessarily, but I have a difficult time reading aloud, especially if I haven't read something before. Um, I think it's because I move too fast, but like in life. Um, so if you are reading a book in class and you want your, or you're reading it, you're in the textbook and you want your kids to read the next chapter, then, you know, working on that stuff in class is going to give you a better ROI. We did independent reading in class one day a week at least um, for about 20 minutes. And that was because I want my kids to learn to love reading still, even with audiobooks, there is something you can't annotate an audiobook. It is my is the the thing that I that bothers me when I'm reading nonfiction and I'm trying to learn something is I can't underline it, I can't make a note, I can't curl a page I, to remember it later. So, like it is like you got to keep pausing the audiobook and then what are you gonna do? Put it in your notes section or something, it's kind of a pain in the butt. Um, and even Kindle, I, I like the hardcore. I like the on paper. What are you saying? I disagree with you about your audio book thing. Like, I just think because what that's doing is excluding people who have difficulty. I'm reading. talking about personal choice because oh. I do understand. Like, if you're dyslexic, yeah, um, you should absolutely have access to audio books. Um, but still, the, I think the thing that so what I would do for a kid really if they were dyslexic, um, I think you could just hold down, especially if you well, I don't you know, could I either just listen or um, I, I wonder, and this might be a good question for like someone who's actually qualified to answer it, but giving them the text also. So if they do want to make a note, if they are annotating, they have that option as well. Also studies show that when you listen to audio and read the text, you have a far larger oh, retention yeah. rate. I, like I love audible, <clears throat> but I wish that I could get the, like the text to go with it. Yeah. Um, now some audible books will give you a free like you get the Kindle version as well. Like certain oh. authors will do it, or yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't know how that works, but I just know that I've gotten books before. Um, I also think if there's like some sort of text that you can, even if it's a digital format, you can like hold and copy and paste and then just transfer it right. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So I, you know, um, but for me, it was like in, I wanted to have kids learn to love yeah. to read. And I think for kids to learn to love to read, what we have to do is give them stuff they want to read. We don't get kids to become lifelong learners and lifelong uh, readers by making them just do what they have to. So for me, it was Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, we were reading what we had to read in class. It was part of the curriculum. Wednesdays were reading independently. Now, what's the problem with just having kids go home and read independently? Not everyone's house is suited to read independently. So I know for me, I can't have noise. I can't have people walking. I can't have people talking. I have to like the ADD means that like I need to focus on this thing. So I have to create the atmosphere for that. So in my classroom, it was turning down lights. It was being able to sit wherever you wanted. It was putting on um, chill jams in the background. It was, you know, never with the windows open, always with the air on when this was happening, like, cause it, it was too much street sounds and cops and people and stuff. So 
it was creating that vibe of like, yo, we're just chilling. And I was always reading with my students so that they got this sense of like, I want to model what this is going to look like. And so that, that, but that's why I did that. So I think it could go either way, but it really depends on what is, what do you want them to do? What do you need them to do? And if it's independent reading, can you bust out some time during the week where you could do that? So maybe you all can find a space in the middle so that uh, it doesn't become a point of friction for you. Yes, John made a good point. Um, Lopez, yeah. the Godfather. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, it said that reminded me that Learning Alley is um, a ally or alley. No, I think it's alley. A l l y. Yeah, yeah, um, I thought there was learning. But you have to have, I believe you have to have a diagnosis and like, like a dyslexic diagnosis to get access to that. Yes. And I want, I think it still costs money, um, but they have the transcript for the thing. Yeah, uh, We well, had I'm that for a minute, you, but I couldn't find a lot of books in there that I was looking for that like Brody was into. Yeah, so. That was a struggle and point it's, for us. It, 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 so it's like trying to find something that kids are going to yeah. like. But I will say, um, I do love Audible. Uh, we need to do a deal with them because I just more people need to know that that exists for their students and and really like that that's like an avenue for their students. But mm -hmm. Audible is and we are not affiliated with Audible, by the way. Um, Audible, like if you can get a great reader, so he's reading Brody. Our son's reading Percy Jackson, all of the Percy Jackson series right now, and the, and the author is great. The guy that did Harry Potter did all the voices for everyone. That guy was incredible. He should win an award for that if he hasn't already, but. He was awesome. Um, and if you can't do that, then, you know, we just did a uh, deal with, we partnered with OrCam. I've done a number of videos for them and I really, really do think it's awesome. I don't have it up here with me because I'm in a mm -hmm. weird spot, but it's like no bigger than the Sharpie. And it literally like sends out these invisible lasers, which is cool. And then it just will read the text to the listener, to the reader with, uh, they get Bluetooth in or, or wired uh, AirPods. And then it like, We'll read it to you. It will ask you questions. It is, it's really a great tool. And they can take it anywhere. You could be like in Target. You could be a, a, reading a menu at a restaurant, bust out that little Orcam. I'll read it to you. And then um, it, it really empowers students. So, yes. Yeah. Can we just take a moment too to celebrate the Godfather John Lopez on 30 years? Oh, oh <laughs> I turned on my shredder. shredder. Um, John Lopez, 30 years as an educator in the classroom. Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Congratulations. Good job, Lopez. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Ready for your next one? <clears throat> I like that woman we met the other day who was like in the classroom for 34 years or something. And I, she was like, oh, when did you leave the classroom? I said in June. And she goes, how many years? I said 17. She goes, oh, you're a baby. She told me. <laughs> uh, all right. Heather <clears throat> Andrews is up next asking, what are good tests and activities <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, for cover lessons? I am taking a whole week out and not sure whether to leave standalone lessons or an extended week-long tasks. I teach science, by the way. I, so I'm fascinated. This is a great question. This is an ongoing issue, and especially for subs that have to cover this kind of stuff. Um, so Heather, first of all, I hope everything's all right that you're not in school. And I hope that you're doing something awesome, like going to Disney World and not something not awesome. Um, but I, I think it's for me and I'd love to know what everyone else is thinking. So if you're not paying attention, five, four, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> what are <clears throat> good lessons? What, what's your preference when you're creating lessons for a sub? Are you, are you doing like per day? Are you doing something for the week? 
Um, my preference, because I see how my students have, have over the years responded to stuff, I give daily stuff. I like it to be something that is hopefully on Google Classroom or I try and stay away from things like um, like a lot of online platforms where kids are doing the learning so that I can use them during this time and they haven't like lost their luster. But can I get kids to do something like an Ed Puzzle or something like that? Um, that it's going to either grade it for me so I, so I don't have a mountain of work to do when I come back. It's going to show me if a student did it or not. And so that's kind of what I'm looking. I need this like online check-in or they're real short and sweet. So like I might do like a journals on a Google, on Google Classroom where the, I put the prompt and the kids have to write underneath of it and it's all public and um, so that I can, I can see exactly when and where someone did it and see if they did it late, see if they didn't do it so that I have, I can hold kids accountable by the day. If you go a whole week, that's a whole lot more points. It's a lot more weight that, a, that an assignment holds. So instead of 10 points, a, let's say it's 10 points a day. And instead for a week, I do a 50 point activity and someone just chalks it and they just choose not to do it. Now that's 50 points in the hole that you are. Whereas your parents will see those 10 points every day and your grade slightly going down during the week because it's already, if, especially if it's an ed puzzle, you can get it to load right to your school G account or, or whatever you're using uh, as an online grade book. It's, gonna, it's automatically going to mark that grade down and hopefully parents see that in time. And so it's, you know, I, I think that that's the thing. I also like to set up automated emails that ask, that let parents know that I'm not going to be in, let them know what the assignment's going to be. And then, encourages them to check every day to see what their students grade is to make sure that they're doing the work and to reach out if, if necessary. And Heather's doing something awesome. Oh, awesome. She said she will be in, in the stage orchestra for the King's coronation concert. What? Yeah. That sounds, I don't even know what that is, but that sounds awesome. Are you in England? I mean, I can't imagine you're in like Nebraska. <laughs> it's like, they're going to zoom in. Zoom. We'll see if she answers. I'll let yeah, you know. That's uh, fantastic. How fun. Yeah, enjoy. All right, Steph Shook is up next asking, all what right. are your summer storage suggestions for all the teacher supplies, furniture, et cetera, from your classroom? So, Steph, we used to be able to just leave our – so, all right. You had a like unique this. situation that you could do this. I did. So, I had a tricky classroom, right? Like anyone's ever seen my classroom, it's tricky. Actually, I'm going to show you. Uh, let's let's do this properly without showing our bedroom. Right? Um, oh, <laughs> girl, we ain't showing our bedroom. Uh, let's go to virtual background. So, in my school, we used to be able to. It, we were told to take our stuff out all the time, um, but that became tricky when you're like when you have your classroom. Yeah, you, you have, have a whole classroom, right? So here's here's my classroom. If if oh, all right, never mind. It's not going to work. Um. So the, but the real, the thing was the reason they told us we had to do it was because they were going to paint and they were going to fix our classrooms. But after several years of teaching, if you teach in a school like mine, where like they didn't paint and they didn't fix anything. It was like exactly the same as the year before. And they were like, Oh, look, we only had money to paint the third floor. That's fine. I'm not really like, I'm not hurt that you didn't do it, but like I would have just left my room together because now I got to pull this stuff exactly back up where I got it. So, um, so once my room started getting to where it was, where I was painting on my walls, where it was like super custom built, I told them I didn't want them to paint. 
that I wanted my room to stay exactly the same. So I wouldn't have to set it up. And then they saw the, the scope of work that I did in my room. They finally just started leaving it alone. And I would put a, a sign on the door that said like, this room is not getting painted. Don't move anything around. Don't change anything in here, blah, blah, blah. And then I put them in my room too, because sometimes people just ignore the one on the door. So it'd be like, you know, 10 posters in my room that say, don't touch anything. So <clears throat> that's one answer. The other thing is um, they eventually like insisted that people do it. So you had to like put all your stuff in the corner at least. And the problem with this is like, look, things go missing, man. Like someone's in there in the summer, someone's teaching summer school, especially when we had TFA, Teach for America, but come in, they take like all your expo markers and your highlighters and your pens and pencils, come back the next year and everything's gone through. They would dig through all of your stuff. So it that became problematic as well. Um, so one, you could take it home, but that makes your spouse hate you for the summer because you have a dining room full of stuff. Mm. Uh, so what I started doing was I... Um, any shelves that I had in my room, like bookshelves or something, I would either put a piece of plywood over it or I would get bulletin board paper and adhere it to the front of the bookshelf. So all my stuff would go on all the shelves. Then I would put um, bulletin board paper or like butcher block paper or something like that over top of it so that no one could access what was behind it. And if they did, it was super obvious. Or uh, with some friends, they had bookshelves that were on wheels. So we would put butcher block paper on it and then even turn it around or just turn it around, make it face the wall. So the back of the bookshelves were out. All your stuff was safely kept behind it. Um, and I've done all a thousand variations of that. I've like gotten giant toolboxes that were like big chests and locked those like stuff up in there. Um, and one summer I even put, and then this was not all the maintenance people knew about my room. So I wasn't going to get in trouble for this, but I put like a maintenance sign. Like this was like an electrical storage room or something, a sign on my door so that, um, I don't know if you remember, I did this. And uh, so no one would go in my classroom. When I had the little baby classroom across the hall, I got a maintenance sign. So it was like, this is an electrical room. So the people didn't think it was oh, a classroom. So, so no one would even think to go in that. there. So anyone that just happened to be in the school teaching summer school or whatever, they wouldn't go in there and I would lock the door and then no one bothered my stuff. Hmm. Uh, Can't get away with that in most schools. I don't recommend doing that. So what would you do? Um, storage solutions, like storage, like renting a storage thing is so... It's so expensive. Rest, I mean, we what do we pay? So are Tupperware totes. Like at this yeah. point, What do we pay for our tiny, either. tiny storage space? It's like a hundred bucks. It's like a, over a hundred dollars yeah, a month like we pay for all the stuff from my classroom um and totes are expensive too storage totes are expensive so it's hard i would i steph i'd ask your school what's the move in in like how do they suggest you safeguard your things um over I the think summer that's such a weird practice that they make everybody take everything down yeah like i get that some rooms are changed it just seems like such a waste of time yeah. to me i don't know i i don't really understand it either um, but when I had good admin, we didn't have to do it. And like, I got away with it. Yeah, but when I had bad admin, school. it changed and I had to do it. Um, Heather Andrews said, yes, she's based in London. So, oh, man, you're going to have an awesome week. Have awesome. fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Laura can't be in it. Cool thing to come to say you did and like come back and talk to your students about like that yes. and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was in a play at the mall one time when I was a kid. <laughs> um, Not quite the same. Grade. Not the King's Coronation. No, I was at the Morristown Mall in New Jersey. <laughs> All right, nobody wants. Maybe people would want to see that video. Oh, yeah. It's it's awesome. It's pretty great. I had a great jacket. 
All right. Laura is up next asking, hey, Reynolds and Not So Secret Wife, how do I best support a coworker who is just feeling done with teaching but can't leave financially? I'm trying to be supportive without getting dragged down. Uh, so... That's the answer truth, for this, right? Without getting dragged down is, I think, the important part. I'm curious so, what you think about this. Um, I'm not always great on the spot, but I'll give it a whirl. No, I think, look, I think that you can be an ear to somebody and I think that you can give them advice. But when someone's done with teaching and they've really made up their mind, I'm not so sure that you can convince them anyway. So what I would encourage someone to do is to focus back on themselves, right? Focus on something other than the teaching, which will help fill them up. And hopefully those sort of things would like fill them up enough to like get them through each week. Um, even if it gets them through a couple days and then you got to do a, a Wednesday, like reset for yourself, like whatever it is, but it's, it's something self-fulfilling for that person. And then being able to be an ear, but you want to watch because there's a difference between sometimes when someone you're being an ear for someone, I feel like that can kick up your own anxiety. So you have to really be careful to balance how you do that. With I think someone. that's, I think part the part of what you're saying that really just hit me is like, it's this idea where Laura has to be doing that too. Laura has to be looking out for her. Yes. Um, because we look, emotions are contagious. Um, mm. I wake up in a bad mood. My wife wakes up in a good mood. Someone's winning. Someone's pulling the other person into what they're feeling. It's just going to happen. Um, and so the, and that happens in school as well. So you have to remember that your awesome is contagious and their tiredness is contagious as well. Right. It's like, I don't know that this is an exact correlation, but someone yawns, we all yawn kind of a thing. And so it's this idea that you need to be, I don't, it's really asking yourself, Laura, if this person is your assignment, is your assignment. Um, thank you for filling that. You're welcome. Break for me. I love you. Um, <laughs> the it's, are they your assignment? And is this something you're supposed to be doing? And just like any student in your classroom, right? Like if a kid's having a bad day, we can only give kids so much of us because we need to spread it around. Right. Um, it's like, you have to eat one. This is such a dumb, this is a dumb example, but just because one bird's really hungry doesn't mean you don't start scattering seed for all the birds. And I don't really, that's a weird, that's a weird example, but that's how I'm kind of thinking about um, kids are like birds. Um, and so thinking about it with regards to, you can only give that person so much, but make sure you give it to them, give it to them with a smile. And then you focus on your students and keep going. Um, I will say this. One of my favorite things about my co-teacher that I had my last three years in the, in the classroom is that even if her day was a hellish nightmare, she, I mean, she went through so much stuff while we were teaching, like really wildly difficult stuff. And, but, but when we went to class, she was able to turn it off. And I really admired that about her. And I, I can't, once I'm there, it's hard for me to even fake it. Like, so I have to really work. That's why I work so hard not to go there. Because coming back, it's like it's I fell in the water already. You. I'm not dry. I don't want to act dry. I don't want to be. It's like I'm aggravated that I'm that I'm, as my son would say, moisty. Uh, everything's moist. He doesn't say <laughs> soggy or what he says moisty. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> all, yeah. I say. Um, so like he, it's I 
I have a hard time coming back from that, but she always could. And, and always in retrospect, that was so inspiring to me. And I don't know that she always knew that I told her before we stopped teaching together, but, um, so Laura, it's kind of like what you're doing right now might actually benefit them long term because they're going to see that light still shining through you, despite everything else that's going on around you and with them, um, that that didn't diminish your light, that your light still shone bright and you were able to show up and care and do great stuff and be awesome still. So I think it's, it's really about looking at you, giving them what you can, and then keeping doing the good work you've been given to do. Uh, Heather in the comments also gave a good point, a good suggestion. She said, you can't convince anyone, but you can also help remind them of their why. Right. And that might be a good way to like tap back into their original yeah. why if they ever became a teacher. And if we can focus on that, it might help take the focus off of like all the other negative stuff that they're experiencing. Yeah, also. That's awesome. But guard your protect your peace, Laura. By all means and all costs. All right. I was you know, You were reading stuff? I know. Well, I found one. Wendy. That's cool. We're gonna uh, throw up Love Park real quick. Oh, okay, great. We're doing the Philadelphia tour. Yeah, this is a great skateboarding location. Yes, and the spot that there's my pillow. Don't yeah, don't show that. Sorry, <laughs> it's a great spot to go take pictures if you're ever in Philly. Yes. Uh, question: I've had the best student teacher this year, and we've really bonded. Awesome. I want to give her an awesome gift. Any ideas? So I'll tell you what, Wendy. Uh, when I student taught, one of the things they did for me was um, one of the. This is a student did this. And her name was Jessica. Jessica bought a journal and had all the students write something to me in the journal for like the last few weeks. So it wasn't like a couple of days. So there was enough time. And I still have that. And it was like the nicest stuff that kids wrote. Because no one that if someone doesn't like you, unless they hate you, they're not going to write something in the journal. Right. Unless they're like really want to be like, you were horrible. Um, if they just didn't want to, it wasn't their jam. They just didn't. But I have a bunch of messages in there that were really, really kind. And then on the last day, they gifted me that a couple of things for my future classroom and um, had like a party for me in every class. We had like a little party and just hung out and I got to talk, just talk to kids and stuff. And that was outstanding. We took a bunch of pictures that I still have that I look so young. And do you know what picture I'm talking about? Yes. I do. And that my students in West Philly used to go, they're like, wait, are these like, is this like the first class you ever taught? I'm like, no, man, that's me. That's like, I'm in there. And they're like, what? Oh, oh, I thought this was like when you were in high school, maybe, or something like that. Like they thought I was one of the kids. Well, because you had brown hair. And yeah. That's yeah. why. I was way, <laughs> way clean shaven back then. Um, so yeah, I just think something, uh, here's where I go with, with gifts like this. It's something small, but is meaningful. It's not something that's just bought, but it's something that's customized. And so those are things I think that over time have a really great impact on something. And it's something you can reflect back on. And the words from the students, I think if I was going to do this for someone, because I do editing and stuff as well, it might be like getting kids to come in and sit there and record. What's a 30 second story that you have about um, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so and them sharing that, like a, a moment, a story, uh, some time that they made you feel good, that something that they do. That's really that's wonderful. Like a, and like it does video or yeah, something. Like and that. you can just put music under it. I edit it on iMovie and just clip them together. They don't have to be perfect or something fancy in between. Or get a student to do it if there's someone in your school yeah. that does like video production or that sort of stuff. Could like, be super fun. Yeah, that's a great idea. 
All right. Made New Ministries is up next. Nice. What is the best way to respond to parents who want you to do something about <laughs> it <laughs> concerning their child oh, getting right. bullied? Oh, that's that's okay. I, I have uh, even that. though everything has already been done. I regret going back to work. Oh, oh. so I think my my I guess my question would be why is something still happening? Um, you know, I've seen a lot of students get bullied. I've seen my own son get bullied, um, and had to walk through that with him. It's, and I remember getting bullied in school and what was happening was like, I mean, my school was different, but like often what happens is it's happening kind of in the shadows. It's happening in the off time, but a lot of bullying too, to me, is not about stopping bullies from bullying kids, right? That's an aspect, absolutely. It's building confidence in children that are getting bullied. It's helping kids to have a sense of self so that if someone says something or does something, like, I mean, I, I'm, and I'm not talking about like physical harm or like threatening them, but if someone makes fun of your hair, your shoes, so like my daughter goes to school and she, my daughter dresses like this is for all the old heads. She looks like Punky Brewster all the time, right? It is like mm, super loud colors. Really it is things that no one else wears, but yep. she's like super fun and she loves it. And she is her own person. She's got great style. Great style. She makes me, I literally, we'll, we'll be walking out the door and I go, you're wearing that? All right, that's got to get changed because I can't go out looking like a slouch. Everywhere um, we go, she gets compliments. Like multiple compliments. All it's really kind of we start laughing because it's hilarious. Yeah. Even when she has weird stuff like a chicken, she has a purse that looks like a chicken, and she and gets people it. love it. They all the time. I the first time we went out, I was like, oh my gosh. All right, here we go. She's gonna get bullied. But anyway, <laughs> we have raised our daughter, and I don't mean this in any sort of narcissistic way, but I feel good about it. Um, it, that we have raised our daughter with such confidence that she doesn't care. Right. She's like, she, she sounds like uh, she reminds me of myself sometimes. She's like, I don't care. I don't care what anyone says. And I love that for her. Now, my son is far more mind. I won't say self-conscious. He is mindful of what other people are saying or doing or whatever. And I think one of the things we need to do for young people is, is raise them up with such an unbelievable amount of self-confidence that if someone says something, I just don't even care. And so what are we going to do about it? I think it's stopping the bullying, stopping the getting beat up, the getting hit, the getting uh, talked like threatened in class. But then it's also doing the, the bigger work of how can we build you into the person you need to be to be able to deal with this situation? And so that's, that's, you know, part of what I'm kind of thinking of. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else on that? Um, it's building character. No, because I was doing something. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I'm going to break it down because we've talked about this. Uh, I'm going to take it to the spiritual side before because I know who you are. And, I, and I've talked about this with like in a comment before. Um, I think sometimes you've been given work. to. So even with re with regretting going back to work, if you feel like this is what you're doing, I would say the same thing to your students becoming the person. I think sometimes if this is what God has given you to do, we have to become the person that we need to be. We're not always there. We need to become the person that we need to be to do the work that we've been given to do. And so I think that's something to just kind of like pray on and, and figure out like, where does God, where do you need to be grown so you can do the work 
that has been given to do in front of you. So that probably just weirded some people out, but I'm going to say it anyway. So oh, I wanted to go back real fast to the person who had the great student teacher and asked for gift oh, ideas. Yeah. Um, someone in the comments uh, had a great gift idea, and I just want to share with everyone. Heidi mentioned that she is a great student teacher right now, and she got a white stole on Amazon, and her class is going to sign it and decorate it with colored Sharpies for her to wear at her graduation. Oh. Which, if you don't know what a stole is, it's one of those... Oh, uh, we'll try. It's the like scarfy thing. Yeah, that's that's there's what, a white that's one. That's the Reynolds that technical one. term is it's the scarfy yeah. thing. But she got an all white one and then had students I write on it so she could wear it at her graduation. That's gonna be that's emotional. A, that's a great idea. I, I just wanted to share it. that in case to be able to rock that. Yeah, no one else has that. Yeah, that's a fantastic that is idea. Like, oh, how proud would you feel to be like going in like that's like yeah, this is like mm -hmm. my oh man, I love that. That's so fantastic. Great idea. Okay, so now I need an actual question. Okay, Emilio is up next asking, what are some good math projects for middle school math students after testing? So I'm going to throw this out to the math teachers right now because I have, I, so most of my stuff, Emilio, is like after testing, how can we, so I, I made a video called Study Hall that has that recently um, that is, it's less on how to run your study hall and more to do with like kind of giving kids downtime. And when you're putting so much mental effort into testing, now we're done. What are some things that we can do where we can give our brain a break? And it, studies show that not even reading is like kind of turning off your brain. It's doing kind of mindless stuff. So, but reading would be fine. I've given out coloring pages to students and I've gotten pushback from admin about this because they want me to do something rigorous. And instead it's like, no, if you really were working hard, I want you to be able to just take a break. Here's, you can color, you can use Play-Doh and, and build something. I give kids Expo markers and they can draw things on their desks because it comes right off anyway. Um, and then because they get upset, if it just gets erased, I take pictures of all of it and I let them, sometimes we put them up in the classroom and stuff like that, or I'd send them to them. Um, but it's like finding something easy. I am not against, and I know a lot of teachers are having a strategic, not just any movie, right? Strategic movie or TV show that we would watch. We'd break down. We'd talk about maybe the next day of testing and kind of study a little bit of stuff. So it's not too hardcore, but it's like just a little bit of, um, of review with it, but also like having this break, right. Of like, letting my brain kind of exhale for a moment. But with regards to something specific to math, I'm not sure. Um, I would think something that was outside, something that you could use, uh, you know, you're outside, you're doing sidewalk chalk, you're doing something mathy out there. But I think uh, I'd love to see like, <laughs> in, in, that's, a, that's a real term mm -hmm. I heard uh, so from the math department meeting. But I would, I would be fabulous, like, like, fascinating to find out what other people are doing with regards to math in that. I would ask in our Facebook to. group, if you're not in yes, there, if you're um, not in the, our Facebook group, uh, real rapid, there it is real rapid Reynolds teacher talk, um, on Facebook, we have over 6,000 educators from all over the world. It is the best Facebook group on the internet. And I know Tracy Pinter's in there and she's mathy. So oh, yeah. she'll give you some, she knows mathy stuff. Yep. <laughs> Lopez probably knows mathy stuff too. Cause he's, you know, he knows all things. Teaches all. All right. We're actually out of questions. All right. Well, we're at 52 minutes too. So, you know, that's all right. Mm -hmm. um, people are tired this time of year. I feel like. I know. Right. But they Listen, gang, it's all right to be tired. Try and show up with the, all that you got and, and, and pour into yourself. If you need to take a day off, 
Uh, personal days are there for a reason. And don't feel like when you call it, you got to give them an excuse or a reason why you're not there. I'm not going to be in today because my kid has to go to the dentist. Don't even put that lie out there. Just show, like, go out, but plan a day, right? I'm going to tell you what John Lopez does that I freaking love. Every time uh, he calls it the intentional flu. When Lopez gets the intentional flu, he sends me oh, pictures yeah. of like his martini with his scallops that he got. <laughs> and then he like went out and like whatever, they went to a movie or whatever he did. Um, I love those pictures. So here's a, here's a thing for the Facebook group. Baby, what is your intentional flu? What is your day off that you're taking for yourself? What'd you go do? Like, and it doesn't have to cost money. It could just be something cheap, something free. But how did you pour back into you so that you can do well? And I'm going to actually, I'm going to make this a thing in the Facebook group um, that you could do that. Oh, gosh. I have another idea, but I'm not going to share it because I don't want to throw it out there because then you're going to say, you're done. Yeah, don't right. do it. Don't. <laughs> Suck it in. Tell me later. <laughs> well, so. Um, now everybody's wanting to know what yeah. you're. Yeah, so do that. I think I might be an example this week. I'm going to take a day this week and go do something fun. Oh, you're going to have a case of intentional food? We should We should go on Tuesday to go see John Wick. Can we Wick. have intentional food together? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then we can still kiss. Um, so, oh, all right. Goodness. Wait, you have another question. <laughs> oh, <go ahead. laughs> Mr. Boland is asking, what is motivating you? You know, there's a lot of things that motivate me. But I think overall, there's all these things on my plate. Um that are let's talk about it like this so if i have a dish this is how it was explained to me and on this dish is my family my work that i do all my community all these different things but the plate for me right and i can only go here right so i'm not trying to be overly spiritual this is the only place i can go with this the plate is my faith right so my faith is everything i am driven by it is the reason i have made every major decision in my life from getting married to having kids to where i live to what i do for work um it is the thing and so i that's where my mind goes and so it is my faith is what drives every single decision in my life hopefully you know look mo i'll say most i'm not like <laughs> you know not uh not perfect over here but uh it is, that is my compass anyway, is what I'll say. And so it is, so right now trying to do the best that I can do so you can do the best y'all can do is, and like, and not just me, but like creating these spaces and places for teachers to, to grow and learn together and to be awesome. Um, oh man, I love it. And so that is, that is my motivation. Um, and there's other like, parts of that too. Like I want my kids to see like what hard work looks like. I want kids to see what giving back um, in a positive and fun way looks like. I want my kids to see my motivation for connecting with my wife is, is, is selfish, but it's also, I want them to see like I'm modeling, like what it looks like to be together for 27 years and still really, really love each other so much. Your wife can't stop touching you and trying <laughs> and to hold your hand. You yeah, yes. So yeah, but um, that's it. Um, so I cool. just want to say real fast, though, to a few people. Hold on. I had it on here. Um, Patricia is says she's starting a new position tomorrow, and she's so nervous. Sixth, seventh, eighth, special ed. So have a great day. Good luck and everything. Not even good luck. You'll do great, I'm sure. Who's it? Patricia, um, Patricia let me get, tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know this yet, but <clears throat> here's, the, here's the way I like to think about it. Your whole life. So far, you've been moving towards this position. You've been moving towards this job at this specific school with these specific classes, with these specific kids. 
These kids were born on the exact right day, month, and year so that they could meet you in this trajectory where you've been moving closer and closer to one another. And in this next week, you are going to be able to identify some child that you know that you've been put on this earth to help, to serve, to make their day brighter, to make their school day a little bit better, especially in special education where our students are wildly mostly, are, are often, I won't say mostly, often underserved, and you're going to be able to help bridge that gap for someone and for their parents and to make their parents go because sending your I tell you this with experience sending your child who has special education needs to school is is can be a traumatic thing it's a very scary thing because you want to make sure your kid gets what they need and that you that miss oakland showed right oakland was the last name patricia oakland yeah. um miss oakland showed up and thank god she's just the best and my kid loves her and they love coming to school you're on that trajectory. The feeling of nervousness feels almost identical. And it comes from the same part of the brain as the feeling of excitement. And this week, you are going to make that connection and look out. You'll know, you will know when it happens that that's why you're supposed to be there. Okay. We have one more question. In, Go for it. In here. Um, Mr. Rios. You're doing a great job. That, that's a lot of vowels in there. And that is was that what I say, right? No, I have no idea. I have the I same know, problem know. you do. We really, all those vowels. Sorry, really so you don't, up. in case you don't know. Um, We're you know, dyslexic house. Yeah, Captain Dyslexia and I over here are, uh, you know, when there's too many vowels, we're just like, uh, we try our best. Go ahead. So it's yeah. not like a disrespect thing. It's literally no. If, an if I wasn't on live, I would literally write that in my pronounce app. Yeah, that's me. what we have in the Reynolds house. We have that. It's pronounce on the app. first page because I use it a lot. Okay, he's asking. Uh, first, you're teaching CTE. I signed up for summer school and summer bridge for incoming freshmen because I love helping students. Yeah. Should I expect anything different? Any advice? So I think it's, I think, different. Maybe. It's, you don't know who's going to show up. You don't know what groups kids are in. You don't know the kids already. I'm assuming um, you, it's like when my school did in West Philly did summer school, we switched to not having to wear uniforms, um, which presented different behaviors, right? It was like, not, not bad. It's just like kids are a little bit more who this is who I am. I'm wearing look like, look, check out my outfit, check out my sneaks, check out my, my fresh cut. Like it was like more about, they were feeling themselves a little bit more because they felt good. Right. Which, which you should do if you're, if you're, if you're wearing gear that you feel good about. Um, but it just was a next level of energy. So I think it's doing all you can to get to know your students as quickly as you can um, so that you can gear some of your lessons or at least have that commonality with students. You can build those relationships and then that building relationships leads to better classroom management, better classroom engagement, better student retention and, and kids getting done more work and putting in effort because um, they know that you care and no one cares what you know until they know what you care. And so I would just focus on a little bit of that this summer and look, try stuff. You cannot wait to be the teacher that you dreamed of being the teacher you're called to be. Our kids can't wait for that either. And I say that not as a, as a way to sort of condemn, which I feel like that can come off that way a little bit. It's show up and just be awesome, man. Like first day, don't wait to smile. Don't wait to have a great time. You can be firm and, and kind and loving and fun at the same time. Right. And so go in there and give it your all and make it so that these kids are 
thrilled that they showed up have to show up for summer school. Like, and not like, oh, they were like, man, I thought this was gonna suck. Um, but mm-hmm. Mr. R is in there and he's making it like, like, man, I love this is great. I love coming in and seeing you every day. Go get it, buddy. All right, we're good. We're good. All right, gang. We will be back next week, hopefully. In a normally fully functioning office that is not leaking. Um, so I don't have to do this crazy thing where half my head has disappeared for most of this. <laughs> it's been very, I've been watching myself. It's very yeah, distracting. You're, you're so I look insane. So um, we will see you next week. Remember, please, if you could just subscribe uh, or at least hit the like button on this, it just pushes it out in the algorithm. We do this for free and we just want to get it out there as many educators as we possibly can to help everybody do the the good work they've been given to do. And we'll see you next week here at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Anything else, wife? Nope. All right, gang, we'll see you then. Peace. It didn't do it. It didn't didn't do the thing. We're going to try it again. Take two. Ready? Peace. Peace.